be here with you all and I want you just to lift your hands this morning. There's a fresh wind that's blowing. There's a fresh time of knowing the greatness of my love, the goodness of your God. For I know the plans I have for you, and I'm the one who's faithful and true. So lift up your heart. I'm bringing, yes, a brand new start. A new beginning, a new time, a new time of singing. For joy comes in the morning, a new way of living. You'll leave the past behind, for I am true, faithful and kind. And I watch over you to bring you into a new time of favor. My favor is towards you. My love is all around you. So lift up your heart to receive all that I have brought from the cross to you. It's all done. It's all finished. It's all finished. It's done. It's done. It's done. I've already paid the price for you to arise, my bride, and look and see. It's a new day of victory, and all around you, you're going to know I've gone before you. To make every crooked place straight, every crooked place straight, every valley, yes, will be raised. Every crooked place will be made straight. So forget the former things. I'm rolling away the reproach of those days of mourning. Get ready. For I'm a God who brings double, double blessings, double for your trouble. A new door is opening, a new door is opening before you. A new door is opening before you. A new way, a new way through. I'm opening up the double doors for you. You're entering your springtime. Winter is over. Joy comes in the morning, and I'm bringing you forth like gold in the fire. Tried seven times. For the Lord would say, No, that the arm of the Lord is not too short that it cannot save. And I'm reaching down into many waters and delivering you from the hand of things that have been too strong for too long. So the Lord says, Get ready. For I'm going to do far above what you could ask, imagine, or even think. So lift your vision, lift your expectation. For even as you would be looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith, I'm authorizing a new season. And I'm releasing within your heart a fresh revelation. You're going to rise up and sing. You're going to rise and shine. You're going to rise up and know that the Lord thy God in the midst of thee, in the midst of the circumstances, in the midst of your marriage, in the midst of your family, in the midst 
of your circumstances. The Lord thy God in the midst of thee is mighty to save, mighty to deliver, mighty to bring breakthrough. So God says this day, I'm affirming and confirming my covenant of grace, my covenant of blessings. And I would even declare and decree that the sure mercies of David, the sure mercies of David, the covenant mercies of David are coming over each and every one of you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father God, we just thank you today. We lift up our lives, our hearts to you. We say, have your way. Have your way. Have your way. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Well, God bless you. Turn to someone and give them a high five. Hallelujah. Aileen, good to see you. (laughs) Praise God. How many people here have I not met before? Give me a wave. Yay. Awesome. (laughs) Where have you been all my life? (laughs) It's great to see so many dear friends and uh, great to see my dear friend, Pastor Anita from Rocky and um, Pastor Rhonda. I know her from down in Orange Way and um, Pastor Ada. I got to say hi to you and and, um, and, uh, awesome to be here with Pastor Michelle and uh, Pastor James at this. I love Port City. It's a great church. um, I've, um, you know, had friends that have moved up here and I've said, uh, you know, that, why don't you go along to Port City? It's a great church. And, and so I just love being here and I'm excited about what God wants to do today. And so I'd like you to turn in your Bibles um, straight away. Uh, we're going to be um, going for morning, morning tea um, at 10.30. So um, if you've traveled, you're not going to have to wait too long for a cup of tea, a cup of coffee. Thank you, Jesus. Turn to the book of Judges. I want you to turn to Judges chapter 8. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you that the entrance of your word brings light. It brings life. And I thank you, Lord, for every person here present that your strategies and plans have never changed. It's for good. It's for good. Your word says, I know the thoughts and plans I have for you. Plans for good. Good plans to give you a hope and a future, to give you the future you've hoped for, to give you a, a door into the future. Father, we just thank you for your word today, and we love your word. We thank you that you watch over your word to perform it. Amen. Amen. Well, those of you I have not met before, I'm married with children. I've got uh, three children, four granddaughters, some stepchildren, some foster children, and um, if you're giving away children, I collect children. (laughs) Great to see my friend. Just had a brain freeze. Yana, of course. Great to see you. Amen. Um, forgot what I just said now. <laughs> I'm married. That's right. I've got kids somewhere. <laughs> and so um, uh, I want to just share today, this morning, because I believe that uh, God wants to bring great breakthrough into every person's life. Amen. He's a God of power. And when I was praying, 
for, for this conference and this day. I saw the Lord just handing out these sticks of dynamite. Hallelujah. The Lord of God's word is not void of power. Hallelujah. Dunamis power, breakthrough power. And I'm excited about that. And I'm believing God with you. So I want to pick up this story in Judges chapter 8. And it's the close of Gideon's reign. And Gideon was an incredible deliverer. He's in Hebrews 11 as one of God's mighty men of of, uh, faith and of valor. And yet, unfortunately, he didn't quite finish as good as he should have. And I think that for all of us, we need to have a passion to finish strong. Amen? God has grace. He's got amazing grace. He's got abounding grace to continue the race. But he's also got finishing grace. Hallelujah. That we could be in victory uh, right through till we step into glory. And, um, but unfortunately, um, Gideon actually, um, he got caught up in, um, in mammon. And we financial, you know, that's the um, idol of, uh, of um, money. And uh, the men of Israel, verse 22 of Judges chapter 8, said, Come and rule over us, you, your son, and your grandson, for you have delivered us from the Midianites. And um, Gideon says, I will not rule over you, nor shall my son rule over you. The Lord shall rule over you. And that sounds very, you know, like humble. But in fact, he, he didn't really want the responsibility. You know, it was a bit of a, you know, well, you know, the Lord will rule over you. But uh, who knows that God is looking for leaders. Amen. God is looking for leaders who will stand up and be counted. And so he said, but this is one thing you can do for me. I want you to give me, all, uh, give me the earrings of your plunder, the golden earrings. And uh, they said, we will gladly give it to you. And so he'd been such a great deliverer. And um, so he actually was, um, you know, trading on past um, glory. And he said, well, actually, this is what I would like. I'd like, you know, I'd like, um, I'd like the gold. He basically, it was a bit of a, um, you know, I deserve it syndrome. And so they gathered all the gold. There was great plunder that he had led them in the breakthrough for, but he chooses gold over God. And, uh, you know, the, the, um, the last giant to come down is the spirit of mammon. And, um, and, and so uh, we're not in it. Nobody's, nobody should be in it to have the, the name, the fame or the claim, the gold, the glory. It's all about Jesus. Amen. It's all about people. He died for people. And, um, and so that was never, ever to be um, part of the deal. And so they gathered all the gold and Gideon um, made an ephod. It was like a, a statue or some sort of idol. And he set it up in the city and, um, and all, the, all of Israel um, played the harlot there. And it was a snare to Gideon and his household. So basically the very idols that he pulled down, he got caught up in. And so... Um, and so it goes on to say that the country had rest for 40 years in the days of, of uh, Gideon because he was a great, mighty warrior. And what I love about God is his grace and his mercy. In the book of um, Hebrews, where God records the great warriors, Gideon's name is there. And he, he did bring a mighty breakthrough. But the Bible says there that, um, and God allowed him to, to you know, to, to um, you know, die at a, at a ripe old age and he was buried in, in the tomb of his father, and um, but it says there that um, although he sort of uh, had backslidden in his la- in his later days, that God allowed him to um, you know really really go out well, and uh, it was said as soon as Gideon was dead, the children of Israel played the harlot, and they went after um, other gods, and they did not remember the Lord who had delivered them from the hand of the enemy. 
nor did they remember the honour um, and the kindness to be shown to Gideon's household. So the Bible says there that, verse 30, that Gideon had 70 sons who were his own offspring, for he had many wives. And thank the Lord for that. <laughs> Who'd want to be Mrs. Gideon? Well, I want to have a large family, dear. About 70 of do. <laughs> anyway, and, and uh, um, among all this time of um, prolifically giving birth, um, he then went on to um, verse 31. He had a concubine who was in Shechem who also bore him a son. So this guy was really busy. And, um, and that, that son's name was Abimelech. And so Gideon's died. And I want to just turn to Judges chapter um, 9 there. It says, So Abimelech, the son of Jerabel, that was the other name for Gideon, went to Shechem. As soon as Gideon died, there was a grab for power. And this politicking is going on. Who's going to be the next king? And, um, you know, uh, um, politicking, you know, it's deadly. Amen. And uh, grabbing for power out of God, giving it to a person is deadly. And the character doesn't want visibility. True character doesn't want to be popular. True character doesn't want to have the, have the position. True character waits for God to give it. Amen. But there's an incredible polit- politicking going on here. And so the Bible says that Abimelech goes to his mother's household and to his mother's brothers. And he basically says, look, do you want, you know, the 70 sons of, um, of Gideon to reign over you? Or do you want me? Because I'm, I'm of your kindred and I'm going to make sure that, you know, things go in favour of the people of Shechem. So they were, they were quite seduced by this um, deal. And so they gave him lots of money and they gave him a, a band, a bunch of worthless men who went then with, uh, with Jerabel, with, sorry, Abimelech. And there they slew the... 70 sons of Gideon bar one. And uh, so, so there they, they actually assassinated all these, uh, all these men. I want to say that, that uh, politicking is deadly. Amen. Politicking is a deadly thing. And so the, the last son, as he's uh, fleeing, he begins to release a prophecy. And he says, you know, Abimelech, if, if, you were, if you were rightfully positioned on the throne, may it all go well with you. But uh, if not, that then fire is going to come out and consume you. And then he prophesies in this uh, unusual prophecy about, um, uh, listen to me, men of Shechem, verse 7. The trees went forth to anoint a king over them, and they said to the olive tree, reign over us. But the olive tree said, should I cease giving my oil with, that, with which I honour God and men and sway over trees? And the tree said to the fig tree, come and reign over us. And the fig tree said, should I cease my fruit, uh, my sweetness and my good fruit uh, to sway over the trees? And the tree said to the vine, trees, trees said to the vine, come and reign over us. But the vine said, should I cease my new wine, which cheers both God and men and sway over the trees? And so the tree said to the bramble, will you come and reign over us? And the bramble said, in truth, if in truth you anoint me as king over you and come and shelter uh, in my shade, then come and shelter in my shade. But if not, let fire come out of the bramble and devour the cedars of Lebanon. So basically it's saying here, um, you know, when, when we uh, allow people to, to influence us, to grab for power, to be position-seeking, to be politicking, these good trees basically said, I don't want to give up my anointing to come and join rebellion. I don't want to give up the sweetness of God's fruit to align myself with you. I don't want to give up 
the, the, the um, new wine that God's got for me to come into a, allegiance with you. So they were all wise. But the Bible says this bramble bush, which represented Abimelech, he basically said, yeah, yeah, I'll have, I'll have that position. And uh, I remember talking to a young couple that um, um, God had given them a vision to raise up a church. And, and so they were um, in a particular area where there was a, a certain well-established church and leader there. And, um, and to be gracious and to be respectful, they had an appointment. They went and saw this person. They said, we just wanted to let you know that... Um, you know, this is the leading that God's led us to, and it's been, um, you know, sanctioned by our oversight, etc. And uh, basically, we just want to come because you are an established man of God in this region, and we just want to uh, let you know that that's what's happening. And we didn't want to step on your toes. We just wanted to let you know that God's called us to do that. And this person um, said, "Oh, you're not going to step on my toes because I'm going to crush you." Things that happen in the name of the name of the Lord. I want you to know that that sort of stuff will never be blessed by God. Amen. God will never promote that attitude. Character is gracious. Amen. Character doesn't throw its weight around. You know, when people have power, it's to help the lowly, not to muscle into some position. Amen. So, so this is what was that, that was referring to. And so the Bible then goes on to say, and it's quite a long chapter, that um, the people of Shechem, they embrace, uh, they embrace Abimelech and they set him up over as king. And at verse 22, it says, this is Judges chapter 9, verse 22. And then after Abimelech had reigned over Israel for three years, um, there was a spirit of ill will between Abimelech and the men of Shechem. So they're, they're actually starting to realize what they got, um, who they put in power. And, uh, you know, they're, they're really, um, you know, they're really bitter about it. They, there's this uh, incredible um, cruelty that's coming from Abimelech. So the men of Shechem, verse 25, want to try and take him out. They set up an ambush against him, and, uh, and uh, they were actually um, uh, uh, robbing people as they passed by, and um, Abimelech found out. So here we see the people of Shechem really, really realizing who's in power over them, and Gael, the son of Ebed, um, comes with his brothers, and um, so they say, look, um, we'll, we'll, we'll save you. Uh, Gael is an, another uh, one who's vying for power, and he would like to take Abimelech's place. So Gael, the son of Ebed, verse 28, says these words, Who is Abimelech? Who is Shechem that we should serve him? Is he not the son of Jerubal? Is not Zebul his officer? Serve the men of Haman and the father of Shechem, but why should we serve him? So he began to talk it up, began to brag, began to be quite arrogant. Says, you know, who's this Abimelech? I can, I can, uh, I'll deal with him. And um, so the people put all their faith in Gael, the son of Ebed. And so the people are then trying to get free. But the Bible says that Zebul, the man, mayor, is in cahoots with Abimelech. And so he, verse 31, he sends uh, word to Abimelech about um, what's happening with Gael, how he's trying to take over. So long chapters here. But... Um, so what happens is Abimelech finds out and he lays in wait for Gael and his men and the people of Shechem. And so he absolutely um, uh, comes out against them. Actually, Gael's there with Zebul the mayor and, and he says, um, 
what's those shadows in the mountain? And uh, Zebul, the mayor, says, oh, they're just trees. Don't worry about it. It's actually Abimelech with his army coming. And um, so when he uh, attacks and, and wipes out Gael's army, he says, where's your big talking now? Where's your loud mouth now? See, there, there was, there's, there's often been spiritual, I feel like spiritual warfare. There's been a lot of spiritual warfare for women even trying to get to this place. Amen. There's been a lot of contending and almost like there's strongholds that will vie for, for control. And if you felt that there's been, a, there's been a real contending, the pressure to come into this new season, amen. The Bible says, I've given you a wide open and effectual door of, um, of opportunity and with many adversaries. And oftentimes the adversarial assignment against you um, is, is because of the door God wants to take you through. Amen? It's determined by the door God wants to take you through. And the Lord spoke to me recently and he said this, I'm about to break the caveats that have been over people's inheritance. Their, their, their inheritance. What that is, is when you go to transfer the, um, the, the, the will or title deed of a property or a house or, or an inheritance and the lawyers go to, um, go to uh, put it in your name, um, in a person's name, they, they say, oh, sorry, there's a caveat over this. Now, a caveat is an injunction by an interested party saying, I've got an interest in this. And the enemy is not, is, is not thrilled about you and I coming into our destiny. And he tries to put blocks and he tries to put stoppages and injunctions and, and he is, he, he's out to stop you and I uh, coming into everything God's got for us. And, and, and the, the taunt of the enemy is this, you may be saved, you may be going to heaven, but you'll never get the breakthrough. You'll never have a full inheritance. You won't access everything God's got for you, but God has got a people, amen, that are coming forth, that are going to access everything Jesus Christ died to give them, amen. We're coming up to the 70th um, celebration. It's the 70th Jubilee since Joshua took the promised land. And it's a time of incredible prophetic, um, a prophetic season, uh, you know, in the church and in God. God works in times and seasons. It's been 70 years since World War II, was it? Yeah. Oh, one. Anyway, <laughs> one of those wars. <laughs> that blonde anointing kicks in now and then. <laughs> and so um, there's been a caveat, a blockage. But the, the, they say this legally, if, an, if a caveat is taken out where, where there's no reasonable um, foundation to it, because the enemy can only lie. He, he lies. You, you're not going to have a breakthrough. You're not going to have a healing. You're not going to get... That's the lie of the enemy. But when, a, when, an enemy, when someone takes out an injunction against your rightful inheritance, your rightful um, inheritance that Jesus died to give you, then the caveator has to pay back double. Glory to God. And in Isaiah 61, 7 says, For your former pain, shame, and disgrace, I'm going to give you a twofold recompense. That's ongoing, present tense doubling. Every year it should get better and better and better and better and better and better. I'll give someone a high five and tell them it's going to get a whole lot better. <laughs> but sometimes it gets worse before it gets better. Amen. It's going to get a whole lot better. And I want you to know that the caveats, the lies, the blockages, the injunctions that have tried to block you and stop you, God's taking them, God's absolutely dealing with that. Amen. And so here we see that there's, there's this vying of, of these, uh, you know, these powers for the territory. And it's almost like there's, there's no love lost in, in the enemy's ranks. 
And so sometimes there'll be, there, there, sometimes there's a spirit of infirmity with a spirit of poverty, with a spirit of strife, just trying to bring, just trying to wreak havoc. But God is, God, God is a God of breakthrough. Amen. He's got a breakthrough for each and every person here today. And so as I was reading this account and I was thinking this, these poor people of Shechem and um, goes on to say there when Gael and his uh, uprising had been dealt with, then Abimelech was so angry that the people of Shechem had wanted to support another leader that he, he, he lay in wait. He, he, the Bible says there that um, he, um, he took the city, killed the people, verse 45, he set an ambush against them and, um, and he demolished the city, sowed it with salt and uh, all the men of Shechem, of the tower of Shechem, they entered into the stronghold and uh, the Bible says in verse 47, it was told Abimelech that all the men of the tower of Shechem have gathered together and so they've gone um, uh, and so uh, they cut an out. The Bible says that there's these men up in the tower of Shechem and Abimelech took an axe and he said to his friends, what you see me do, I want you to make haste to do. So they gathered, verse 9, 49, branches and uh, trees, tree branches, and they put them against the stronghold. He set fire to them. And so it says there in verse 49, and so there died in the tower of Shechem about, 4, 000, about 1,000 men and women. So this, this enemy is, looks like he's unstoppable, deadly, harassing, and uh, the Bible says then Abimelech went to Thebes and encamped against Thebes. It was a strong tower in the city. And all the men and women rushed into the tower of Thebes. I'm reading this and I'm thinking, what is going to stop this assignment? You know, I'm thinking, because I, I was actually reading uh, Judges, a part of Judges I hadn't really studied before. And I'm thinking, man, you're going to have to raise up a Joshua. You're going to have to raise up, um, you know, a, a David. You're going to have to raise up a mighty army. This guy's, you know, what's going to stop this assignment? What's going to stop this guy? And I'm, I'm just actually thinking about that. And as the people then run into the th- tower of Thebes and, and uh, they're there up in the tower of Thebes and Abimelech's come and his men, and they've cut down brushes and trees and they, they're, they're put it up against the tower of Thebes and he's about to set fire. And I'm thinking this is a, a, a just been a bit of an unstoppable assault. And I'm, I'm just thinking, God, what are you going to do next? And as I'm reading, I'm reading and I, I, I just was totally shocked what I I read. I was shocked. I just shocked. I'm just like, what? Oh, I can't believe I've read that. I'm thinking, God, where's the Josh? Where's the David? You know what it says? It says, but, but, hallelujah, hallelujah. But a certain woman picked up an upper millstone, picked up a millstone and dropped it on Abimelech's skull. Hallelujah. There's no, there's no David. There's no Joshua. God's just had a woman. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And I don't think she just went, oh, I bumped something. I believe she actually, hallelujah, had, had a courage. And I don't know about you, but if I'm being hunted down by, by a pack of murderous, you know, an army and, and a terrible murderous man like Abimelech, I don't know if I'd have the, 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 the presence of mind as I ran to grab the microwave. Because the upper millstone was what they ground their bread on. Hallelujah. Grab the, grab, grab the microwave. <laughs> or the electric fry pan. 
the up the, they they ground their bread on the on the on the on, on the millstone. I want you to know God's about to turn homemakers into history makers, and you're hallelujah. But a certain woman didn't even put a name in there. I thought I, I'd be a bit ticked off if I was her. <laughs> you know, you got Joshua, David, Deborah. I'd be go. Could at least put my name in there. That was a pretty big thing I did. <laughs> but you know what? I believe that God purposely left out her name. The word certain, a certain woman. There was a particular woman in that place. There was a certain woman. She wasn't just any old woman that just goes along, goes with the flow, that just rolls over and says it's too hard. She was a certain woman. And the word certain means to collect or gather your thoughts. It means to be absolutely convinced of the truth. Hallelujah. And I believe there are certainly many certain women in this house. And I believe God put it that way so you and I can put our name in there. You can put your name in there. No matter what's been coming against you, the power of one. You and God are a majority. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You've put your hand in the hand of an amazing, awesome, incredible, powerful God. You know, when Job was going through his, his trials, you know, uh, when he went to God and he was just really, you know, just going through it. There were so many things that were going wrong. And, um, and uh, you know, God, when he spoke to Job, he said, um, you know, um, have you considered, you know, the, how light travels? Have you considered the snowflakes? Have you thought about how, you know, um, the, the wild oxen? And uh, have you considered how, um, you know, I set the stars in the heavens? And I don't know about you, but if I was Job, I'd be, I'd be going, you know, you know, sorrow, brokenness grief here. I didn't come for a science lesson. <laughs> Not worried about the wild ox at the moment. <laughs> Not terribly interested in the snowflakes <laughs> and, and on how light travels. You know, I'm not, you know, this tragedy here, you know, how would you be if you went to, you know, put your pastor, Pastor Michelle and said, I'm really going through, I've got so many problems in my family. And she says, um, well, let's just sit here and watch the Discovery Channel. I think that God's <laughs> got to give you a word. But you know what God was saying? He was saying, look how big I am. Look how, look what I created. Look who you're in covenant with. Sometimes we've got our head down in the problem, but God's saying, look up, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm holding the planets. I, 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 you know, take a look at Niagara Falls. I made that. Take a look at the stars. I'm holding them in place. Just start to get a heart full of the bigness of God and how big he is. It's big God and little devil, big God and little problem. Amen. And God wants to change our vision because sometimes our heart is so consumed with the problem that we forget how big our God is, how great his power is. Amen. And I believe God wants to work miracles. And the Bible says a certain woman chucked a rock at him. (laughs) A chick chucked a rock at him. (laughs) And I believe this, the rock Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. It's a rock of revelation. And and the Bible says it crushed Abimelech's skull. And most of the battles we face are the mindsets that the enemy tries to bring against us. It's too hard. You'll never do it. You'll always have this. For all the lies of the enemy, Jesus Christ was crucified on a hill called Golgotha, the place of the skull. 
Amen? And God's victory wants to break every fear, every doubt, every, I can't do it, I'll never make it, I've tried and failed. God's breaking people free of that, that failure mentality, that fear of things never changing, that fear that things at home are never changed, that fear that that situation never turn around. Hallelujah. And I want you to know, God's word is enough. The rock of revelation. Hallelujah. God's word is enough. God's power is sufficient for you. God's grace is sufficient for you. I know when I was going through a, a very difficult time and I, 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 I was saved as a single mother when my little girl was almost three and then I, uh, I really wanted a father for her and I, and I um, met uh, someone in church, gave me a lift to church. I was getting a bus, to, a bus and a taxi to church and two buses home. So when someone gave me a lift, I thought that was so great and then and then um, this gentleman gave me a whole bag of tapes. That's how long ago it was, cassettes. <laughs> Some of you may. <laughs> In fact, my, do- my daughter actually said, Mum, have you got one of those old cassette players? I thought I'm still using it. <laughs> she said, we're doing a thing on like ancient history stuff. And <laughs> I said, well, I want it back. <laughs> gave me a big bag of tapes. And, and so... Um, I'd been wanting a father for my little girl, and and and, uh, and so um, when when in about four weeks' time or three weeks' time he proposed to me, I thought it must be God, and so I married Dr. Jekyll and met Mr. Hyde a little bit later. You see, I had this uh, fairy tale idea that I'd never face another problem after I got saved, that God would allow angels to strew rose petals in my path, and I'd hear Ariel singing ah in the background. <laughs> And I thought, oh, you know, I, I'd love to marry someone. I'd be like Dr. Phil. I just, I'd sit in the front row and I was like, okay, we're finished, honey. Anybody seen the end of Dr. Phil? It's like, <laughs> how's that working for you? But anyway. <laughs> but, you know, God knew that I had a victim mentality, a powerless mentality. And uh, as, as I went through that difficult time, and, and unfortunately I'd like to say that, you know, um, that person, you know, had a great repentance and changed. And, but anyway, 13 years later, I found myself uh, um, with two more children and, and going through divorce. And I remember being in church because I'd stayed serving the house of God. I found that if I couldn't seem to, to get things together at home, I, I thought, well, I, I can just make my life count for you, Lord. Raise my children in a godly way. And I remember being in church and, and as I was um, looking at other seeming I'm sure they were all happy marriages and happy homes and it seemed like I was the only one who was going through it. And, and I would look at these people and I thought, I don't understand, you know, why my life is the way it is. And I remember just uh, starting to cry, but it wasn't just a little cry. It was like, <laughs> you know, and I thought, because I, I did all my crying at home, you know, let the weak say they are strong. And, and that's what I, I, I really live by that. But I thought, oh, I'm going to lose it here, you know. And so as, as, as this music's starting, and, and I just picked up my bag, and I thought, oh, I need to go to the car, you know. And as people are walking in the door, and I'm going, God bless you, God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. And as I was walking to my car, I could hear this scripture going around in my mind. My grace is sufficient for you. My grace is sufficient for you. My grace is sufficient for you. And I said back to the Lord, well, well, I can't feel it. I don't know what you're talking about. I can't sense it. I don't know how to get a hold of it. 
And, uh, you know, he was trying to get through to me that I am enough, that the rock of revelation, the power of God was going was gonna to bring me through this. But because I was more dominated by my feelings, do not consult your emotions to see whether this be so. Do not consult your feelings. Amen. The truth is greater than any emotion, any problem. Hallelujah. And I didn't fully have that revelation. And as I sat in my car and cried and cried and got it together again, God began to lead me into a greater revelation of his power and grace. And hallelujah, he's able to bring you through anything. Amen. He's able to bring you through anything. And, and so as, as, this, as this certain woman just dropped um, up a millstone on the head of Abimelech, Abimelech says this to his armor bearer, quick, run me through, lest they say a woman slay him. <laughs> you know what? I do believe God's secret weapon uh, very much in these days is, is the women of God, the women of faith, the women of power. Amen. The, the, the powerful women of God rising up, amen? And, uh, and just as it would seem like, well, what is going to stop this? Maybe, you, maybe there's something that you've been going, what, what is going to turn this around? What is going to change this person? I want you to know God can, tame, can change a hard and prickly person and make them a warm and fuzzy. That's someone here for your marriage. Hallelujah. God can take a disaster in your, in your, in your children's life and turn it around for good. All things work together for good. The God wants to take the greatest weakness in your life and make it the place of your greatest strength. For out of, out of your weakness, the Bible says, Hebrews 11, that out of their weakness they became strong. And they became stronger and stronger until they routed the alien's army, the enemy's army. Amen. And God is growing us into strong women of faith. Amen. And I believe for every single person, God is releasing a rock of revelation, a rock of faith, a rock of confidence that no matter how long that problem's been, no matter how long that thing has been, been coming out like a Goliath and challenging you, you know, um, God's got a, a stone for every Goliath. Amen. God's got a rock of revelation for every situation and his word will make a way for you. But God says, as far as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his mercy and his mercy is upon his word right now. So those of you here today, that there, is, there, is, uh, there has been something that has been just like, what is going to change this? What is going to stop this? What is going to change this problem? There's someone here and I know that it's, it's been a battle with depression. God's going to turn that around. There's someone else here and it's, um, it's a problem with um, hoarding, hoarding, you know, where, where the clutter becomes, um, just overtakes you. There's someone else here and it's a situation with your children's marriage. I believe that there are many things that God wants to destroy and the power of his spirit, amen? And if you're here today and, uh, and that, uh, could we all just stand right now? Could we just stand because internalized truth is powerful truth. Amen. And I believe that God wants to put your name in that scripture. Because you're a dangerous woman for all the right reasons. And uh, if you want a, a title for this message, you can call it The Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> Whoa! The women of God. Now you've made me mad. You shouldn't have made me mad. Glory to God. Armed and dangerous. Hallelujah. 
And while I've been speaking, there's been an area that you would say, Lord, I need that rock of revelation. I need that, that breakthrough. I thank you, Lord, that, that, that today your word is going to make a way for me. If there's an area that you've, um, you've felt God speaking to, I want you just to lift your hand up right now. If that's you today, hallelujah. There's many, many, many here. Many here. Father, we just thank you today that you're in our midst. And the Lord our God, in the midst of us, in the midst of us, in the midst of our situation, in the midst of our uh, uh, need for breakthrough, Lord, I thank you that we put our hand in the hand of the man who stills the waters. The Lord, it's through your covenant power. It's not by our might or power or strength. It's by your spirit. And Lord, I thank you for the spirit of victory, the spirit of breakthrough. I thank you that you are Baal Perizim, the master of breakthrough. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. For the Lord would say, surely you're going to know that this truly is the house of God, the gateway of heaven, and I'm going to cause there to be the angels of God ascending and descending, and I'm releasing angels on assignment. I'm releasing warring angels, breakthrough angels. God says, there are many more that are for you than anything that stands against you. So God says, I'm opening up your eyes to see those chariots filled with fiery angels. The cavalry's coming because of Calvary, and you're going to find even in this situation, even in these circumstances, I'm going to bring miracles of change, miracles of breakthrough. For God says it is by faith, by faith. This is a victory that overcomes. This is a victory that brings breakthrough, even by faith. So the Lord says this day, know that there is a strengthening word. There's a strengthening anointing. And I'm putting a fresh mantle over your life. And it's called the mantle of the overcomer. So God says you're going to know what it is to overcome where, where there was a, a sense of being, being, uh, um, being subdued in that situation where you felt, I, I, I just don't know how to become the head. I feel like I'm the tail. But God says this day, know that it's by my power and I'm releasing strategies. I'm releasing um, um, understanding, the wherewithal, the how-tos. I'm going to give you eyes and wings. I'm going to show you what to do and how to get there. And even though you go through the fire, you will not be burnt. And even though you go through the waters, you won't drown. But God says, I'm bringing you out the other side into a large and prosperous place. And even though circumstances have ridden over your head, even though men have ridden over your head, even though uh, issues have ridden over your head, God says, I'm bringing you out into a large and prosperous place. So God says, receive this day the engrafted seed of my word even the seed of my promises. For even as you go from this place and you look up and even uh, rehearse and decree and declare the exceedingly great and precious promises that are yours. God says, I'll watch over that word. And the caveats are being broken today. The blockages are being broken today. The hindrances are being broken today. But God would say this day, it is a new day. It is a new day. Hallelujah. Just put your hand over your heart. Lord, today we receive in our heart the revelation that, that we're overcomers. We're not overcome by the problem, but we're overcomers. We're overcome by the blood of the lamb, the sacrifice that you already paid the price, the word of our testimony, and the fact that we, we love not our lives to the death. We're, we're not in it for what we can not in it to have the name, the fame, and the claim. Lord, we understand sacrifice and surrender. Lord, we come into your presence and receive the finished victory. We received, we received that finished breakthrough. Hallelujah. Now, what I would like you to do is just as you lift your hands once more, 
I want you to see that situation turned around. For faith calls those things that be not as though they already are. What will my life look like when that problem is totally eradicated? What will it feel like when that son or daughter rings up and says, I have a great breakthrough? What will it look like to say, I can't even remember what it was like to have that problem? Someone here, and it's like your son's uh, bound by drugs at the moment. God is going to break that power. God's going to break that stronghold. Father, we thank you today. Lord, we see a powerful, faith-filled image of the finished product, the end result, the victory of our Lord Jesus Christ established in that situation. And thank you, Lord, that we are the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. Hallelujah. Just give the Lord a high five. Hallelujah. Give two or three people around you a high five. Amen. Amen. It's morning tea time, so I'm going to head back to...